Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Milk, your host with the most. And as always, I've got my main man, Mark the Fitness Ninja Zamanoff with me. But we have a very, very special guest today that I'm really excited to bring on the show because we're going to be talking about a whole lot of getting what you're worth and the mindset that goes behind it. So with that being said, we get the show going today. Mark, how are you today, sir? I am fantastic. As I told you both before uh, we started filming, I'm on 75 hearts. So just pissing the days away left and right. Captain's uh, log day 12. <laughs> I am beginning to hallucinate and my wife is looking odd to me now. <laughs> never, never in my life did I know that you can literally be peeing and still have to pee. Like I, it's like, Perception. I don't know. I don't how know many, how that. Works. How how what what number is this for you? Uh, three. All right then. So like, I I just think that's important for our our audience to know that this is not your first go around. This yeah. is your third tour. <laughs> it's my third rodeo, which basically makes you a genius, I guess, because you know they say it ain't my first rodeo. So I guess two rodeos is like the sign of competence. Yep. I, I don't know. It's a rule of thumb. You get promoted to a coach of coaches and you go on up the ladder. (laughs) And what's funny, y'all can't see this, but our guest is already shaking her head, which is a great (laughs) sign. So uh, (laughs) without further ado, I'm going to give you a little background on this uh, young lady. And what's cool is she is not in the fitness game. And part of the reason John and I wanted to bring her on is because of the value that she adds and the subject matter that she talks about, because in, in our business, Fit Pro Collective, our slogan is get what you're worth. And when we talk about money, it's not always how much you make. It's also how much you keep. Like you can make a ton of money. And if you're not keeping any of it, you're still not getting what you're worth. So mm-hmm. this lady is a financial coach, speaker, author, and founder and owner of Mills Knows Bills, which is a fantastic name. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Thank you. It sounds like something I would have came up with. I know, it? right? <laughs> Uh, this is a company dedicated to teaching individuals and businesses how to master their money within 90 days. She started her financial journey in the fall of 2014 when she found herself with only one fifty to her name, just a buck fifty, not one hundred and fifty dollar and fifty cents. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. <laughs> so she understands the frustration around money mismanagement, struggling with where to start and the courage it takes to take ownership of your finances. Since starting Mills Knows Bills, Mills has published a book, been on NBC6, provided over 75,000 households with financial literacy tools and information, and donated financial literacy programs to communities in need through the Mills mission. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mills Bender. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm chuckling at you feeling like you have perception because 
I'm, I'm about six months pregnant and I have P-ception all the time, all the time. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. So, you know, I think you and my wife are like really close. We're really close. Yeah. Due dates are concerned. So That's yeah, awesome. you know, we're here in Texas. So my wife's dealing with, you know, 8,000 degree heat and being pregnant and having to pee all the time. So yep. you know, there's enough pee for everyone. There is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's kind of dive into this. I really want to go back to this story because so many people have triumphed through tragedy and, mm-hmm. you know, you can call this what it is, but like if you're a grown ass person and all you got to buck 50, like some shit went sideways somewhere. So let's go back to that. How did you get into that position? And then we'll go from there. Sure. So honestly, getting into that position could be boiled down to two different things. Number one, not managing the money I was earning well. I just was spending it and not really paying too much attention to it. And number two, not really having any financial literacy or understanding of money management, period. I mean, I was just so, I was so far in my ignorance that I couldn't tell you which way was up. You know, I, I didn't even know really how to apply for a credit card. I knew that credit cards existed. I knew that mortgages existed, but I couldn't tell you the definition of a mortgage or escrow. I couldn't tell you how to invest. I could, I mean, nothing, nothing. I barely knew how to get the money I was receiving and spend it wisely. And, and I failed at that too. <laughs> so was there, what was the catalyst? What was the time where you're like, all right, that I can't do this anymore. Like, was there really a, was there a true moment of just smacking you in the face and going, okay, something's got to change. Yeah, that was, that was definitely my, that was my come to Jesus moment, we'll say. Um, and I remember that moment vividly because I wanted to grab dinner with friends that evening. I checked my bank account in advance. So I knew what I could or could not afford off the menu. Cause I didn't want to have to check it there. You know, money's taboo. And uh, checked the bank account balance. And that's when I realized I had $1.50. And at that moment, I, you know, I had all the negative emotions, shame, guilt, embarrassment, you name it, I had it. Um, But what I also did not have was a solution. And that was really frustrating and overwhelming. So I kind of sat in that moment, realizing that I needed to do something, but I didn't know what that something was yet. At the time, I was still in college, luckily, um, and I just so happened to have an intro to finance class the following semester, and I wasn't intending to pursue a career in finance, but after that that intro class, I realized I could marry math and money together. I've always loved math and realized that I needed to know more about money, so it was at the end of that semester, once once I passed that class, that I realized that I was going to study finance. I was going to change my degree, not necessarily to have a career in it, but instead to learn a skill set for myself. So that was when I really made that decision about six months later. But until that, I just found free food on campus. I worked odd jobs. I did what I could, um, waited for my next stipend to come in. I mean, I'm talking like 50 bucks a month most here. So it, it wasn't a lot of money at the time. I remember when I went to UNT, we had, we had a meal plan. Like and mm-hmm. if you lived on campus, you had to have a meal plan. That mm-hmm. was, that was one of the greatest times of my life. 
as far as food is concerned because oh, yeah. I, I got like one of the last years that it was unlimited. So mm-hmm. it wasn't three meals a day. It was whenever you want to eat in the cafeteria is open, go scan your card and have at it. And I don't even we, think I would eat it unlimited if it was. Oh my God, we ate so much food. It was insane. Like I gained the freshman 15 of muscle because all we yeah. did was eat and work <laughs> out. Yep. Right. Yeah, it, was, it was easy to bulk during college on those plans, man. It was food everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had un- unlimited amount of time to work out normally as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then you become an adult. And now all the things we're talking about, we got to focus on. It's, and it's mm-hmm. funny. It's funny you bring up that that dollar fifty story that you had because I remember there's a bunch of times of me just coming up as a trainer. Um, it was pretty much look at my bank account and just kind of cross my fingers and hope the numbers were good that pay period. You know, right. and then sometimes the numbers would be good. Sometimes they weren't. And what I learned through that was, is like, hey, if I'm going to control my financial destiny, whether I'm an employee or not, I got to start taking ownership over that part. Right. So what I'd like to hear from you is what are some of those steps? Like, obviously, first, you have to acknowledge here's where I'm at. Here's the reality of it. What are those steps that you walk through once you own your situation to start getting yourself to a better situation? Right. Well, I would say first thing is to stop blaming yourself Mm. and to stop putting yourself in a negative mindset. You're not the only person out there who is or has ever struggled with money. And that was probably my biggest regret and why it took me so long to get out of the rut financially was because I felt like I was the only person financially illiterate. I didn't talk Mm. to anybody about it. I felt like I needed to figure it out on my own. Um, I've worked with clients that make 40k a year to clients who make 25 million a year it does not matter how much you make it is how much you keep as was mentioned earlier as well as how well you manage it is it worth your time there are all these other factors that go into it so the first thing i would say is get out of your own head get out of your own way and stop blaming yourself you're not the only person with this problem the second thing i would say is come up with a solid financial plan. And the best place to get started on that is creating a budget. If you're anything like me, I cringed at the word budget for the first time because it it sounds restrictive. It doesn't sound sustainable or fun or glamorous even. I'll let you all in on a a secret. It's it's not. It's not. (laughs) I'm the budgeting queen. I like budgeting, but I wouldn't sit here and say, I love it but I do love the results I get. Right. I love not living paycheck to paycheck. I love not having debt. I love being able to retire at, at 45 years old. You know, like those are the things that I love. Budgeting is just the tool that I get, I get to use to get there. So step number two would be set a budget, not just for your business, because you are running a business now, having your own clients and, and all of that, but also for your personal expenses see where you're at. Chances are the situation is not as bad as you think it is. And then also it gives you an idea of how you can strategize and spend your time. Now you're not chasing another 40K in revenue. Instead, you're trying to close one extra client a month or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. It, It gives you perspective so you can focus on what you love. And that's really what step three is. Translate what your budget is work backwards into your revenue amount that you need monthly and translate that into how many clients you need. Now, how much prospecting do you need to do? 
These are metrics that you're good at because you love what you're doing. So rather than trying to chase after money, chase after money, be strategic in forming those relationships that you need to form. Mm. So those are the three steps I would say to get started. Those are the building blocks because from there, that allows you to tee yourself up to pay off your debt or invest or do whatever it is that you want. So that's phenomenal, by the way, Mills. Uh, I, I have another question that you brought up without such a great answer. <laughs> so you talk about prioritizing your time. It's something me and Mark talk a lot about, right? Because we only have so much of it. What are your thoughts and viewpoints going into someone that's brand new that asking themselves those questions? What, what's your coaching perspective on that? In terms of how much time they should spend on their on their finances, or just like what they should focus on. Can you mention like they may mm-hmm. look at something and go, "At is that worth your time?" Based on what you're actually trying to do, I would like you right. to unpack a little bit more of that for our audience. It may be like, "Hey, that sounds sure. great, but I have no fucking clue how to apply that." <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of setting a budget. I find that it takes my clients about two, no more than three hours to do all of the information gathering for the first time. In the grand scheme of things, three hours is not anything crazy. You can grab a glass of wine, grab a you know, grab a cup of coffee, do whatever you need to do, but take that time to just do the information gathering without having to do anything with it yet. Mm. Once you've worked backwards to identify how much revenue you would like to receive, based off of your expenses, your debt payoff plan, your goals, whatever it may be. I would say, take a look at your numbers once a week. I like to choose Tuesday mornings to look at my my business finances because I feel like Tuesdays are a random day that I get to look at my money. You know, previously working in corporate America, I would wait until bi-weekly on Fridays to get my paycheck. When I started my own business, I wanted to pay myself every week on a Tuesday because why the hell not? So, you know, find your, find your day. But I would say if you're able to look and check in on yourself financially, even if it's just 30 minutes a week on a random Tuesday morning, that gives you the opportunity to check in with yourself. Now, in terms of, of figuring out what you need to do in terms of what's worth your time or not. I'll take one of my clients that I worked with um, that I actually did a a session with yesterday as an example. They're also a gym. So in order to hit their revenue goal this week, they need to generate an additional 15K in revenue. So if they need to generate that much more money, what I look at is what their packages are and their 48 pack goes for $5,040. Okay. So That's their highest ticketed item. Working smarter, not harder. It's just as difficult to sell three of those as it is to sell six of their 24 packs. Mm -hmm. So if they know at their 48 packs, they close 20% of the people they talk to, well, now they need to talk to 15 15 people to try to close three in order to get to their 15K in revenue for the week. And that now they get to implement their marketing strategy, whether it's running a sale, going to storefronts, talking to current people they have, trying to get referrals from them, what, however they want to implement it. But now they know 15 is their target and they can break that down by, by their employees. Say every employee needs to talk to three people. It doesn't matter how you slice and dice it, but the point is you are taking that time to work smarter, not harder. I love it. That's an 
now, now Mark, you see why I was like, we got to get Mills on here. You know, just screaming freedom number upside down and left and freedom. right. Freedom well, number. I was like, oh, yeah. It's so much easier to quantify things in that manner because mm-hmm. then it takes it from being this abstract goal of, oh, I want to make 10K a month. Well, what the fuck right. does that mean to you? Like, what are you going right. to do with it? How much are you, are you actually going right. to keep? You know, nobody. Is 10K enough? Is it too much? Never, never, right. never right. enough. <laughs> it's 10K never a month. Enough. Hey, listen to me. If you're listening to this, I've said it before, 10K a month is a lot of money until you make it. Truth. Then you look around and go, where the hell's my money going? You find a way to spend it. What what I always find interesting, and I know it's because I'm in the industry, but everything relates back to health and fitness. Oh, 100%. I'm listening to you talk about, you know, nobody wants to do a budget, but everyone Mm -hmm. wants more money. No one wants to diet but mm-hmm. everyone wants the result from dieting. Mm-hmm. All these things have parallels that I think a fitness professional can look at and go, okay, I don't want to do it. But like I always mm-hmm. say, you ain't got to want to, but if you want the result, if you want that end goal, that's what we have to yeah. do. And some of this is reverse engineering it. Some of it is sitting down and actually doing the damn work. Mm-hmm. One thing, one thing that's really interesting that you mentioned before is not knowing Right. Right. And feeling getting in our feels about not knowing something. But we don't know what we don't know. And and I'm not really sure where that comes from, that we think we're supposed to have this understanding of things that we don't have an understanding of that no one ever taught us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like no one ever comes to me and goes, what do you mean you don't know how to do open heart surgery? Don't haven't you ever picked up a book or read? No, I haven't. But yet we have this like general feeling that we're all supposed to have financial literacy that we don't and mm-hmm. you know the normal school system doesn't teach it unless you seek it out in advanced Correct. studies or college you're never going to learn it unless mm-hmm. you seek out someone like you or a course or spend you know invest your money in it somewhere you're never mm-hmm. going to learn it so for someone who is feeling that way right now because I guarantee somebody's listening to this like I don't know shit about fuck when it comes to money <laughs> Like where, where is a good starting point for someone to just start learning on their own? If they're like, you know what, I'm dedicated. I'm willing to put some time equity and sweat equity into this. I Mm -hmm. want to understand this. Where does that person start? Sure. And, And I can definitely relate to that because I have had the, you don't know what you don't know conundrum many times. And it's overwhelming when you try to start online and you see all this information, you don't know what step one is. Uh, so honestly, I've tried to overcome that hurdle for a lot of people. So if anyone listening wants to download my budget tool from my website, you can do so for free. There's a tutorial on how to establish a budget for the first time. I also have a YouTube channel and a podcast, though the content on there isn't necessarily in order unless you go back into the the old parts of YouTube, there are some playlists that kind of go in order in terms of budgeting and some topics that are on debt and things like that. But those are all free pieces of information that break it down into bite-sized pieces. Um, And then of course, if anybody wants to, and and I'm not trying to like give give a, a shameless plug here, but I do have a program called All Things Money, which is a content bank. It has 130 plus videos. It's in order of suggested learning. So if you truly have no idea where to start and you can give up two Starbucks drinks a week or not a week, sorry, two Starbucks drinks a month, you know, that's your information right there. It's in order. 
it, you can skip information if you already know it, but it allows you to kind of take everything that's already out there and slowly implement it into your life. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll definitely, we'll put all the links to all of that stuff in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, check the show notes, you know, part of, part of what we aim to do here is obviously bring on experts in, in, you know, various fields and we don't have a whole lot of non-fitness people. So very grateful to have you on. And, it, and again, it's no different than why do people hire us as business coaches or hire me as a fitness coach? It's because we're trying to, we're trying to speed up the process. And, you know, our buddy Thomas Keenan always says speed is currency. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you need help, take advantage yeah. of these resources, buy the program if you need to buy the program, mm-hmm. but like, you know, go, go to the source. Cause I'm, I'm with you again. It's no different than somebody goes, man, I need to start eating better. And they go to the Googles. And then they're like, oh shit, all I can do is just breathe the air and I can't even do that. And I got to put a mask on and do I, can I drink the water? Shit, there's fluoride in it. Is the earth really flat? Now what the hell do I do? And then they just go, ah, fuck it. I'll just eat and eat like shit and not do anything again. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely agree with what you said earlier as well. You know, I relate fitness and finance to each other quite often. I'm not a fitness guru like either of you are, but- I love weightlifting. I love working out. I love taking care of my body. And it is the same mindset. And if the listeners on here have that fitness mindset, I promise you, it'll be so much easier for you to embed new financial habits compared to other people, because you have that, that consistency mindset more than other people do. In fact, 98% of my clients happen to be in the fitness world or care about their fitness because it is so easy for them to tack on that new habit. It's, it's the same mindset. Yeah. So something that I'd like to, to get your thoughts on too, Mills, is, you know, we, we, you and I both know that there's different levels uh, when we're business owners, right? Obviously, when you're first mm-hmm. starting off, your financial lessons that you go through are different than when you have a team, CEO, and mm-hmm. investor. What are those levels that you see? And then what are the lessons based on that level that's going to best serve that person? Hmm. Are you talking about like who I work with? Well, and- let's, let's take someone who's brand new. And they're like, yeah. first time starting a business. Obviously, we just talked about some things from there. But what about the business owner that's been doing this for a couple of years, but they're okay. still stuck in the business and they want to get out of working in, but on. And then obviously we've got investing. You mentioned that. When does that come into place for someone? Okay. So let's answer the first question, whether, whether you're just getting started or mm-hmm. you're in a transitionary phase in your business, mm-hmm. when you are establishing your budget, embed into those numbers, things that you want to do, right? So if you're wanting to have that transition of working on rather than in the business, embed in some expenses for hiring somebody, right? Make that revenue goal a little bit higher, even Mm -hmm. though it's not what you need right now, but it's your stretch goal because now, you know, your bare minimum versus where you want to be and you can work your way up a little bit Uh easier because you know what you're actually working towards. Now, the next thing I would say is 95% of the people I work with undervalue themselves in terms of their time. They do not charge enough. So once you have that revenue listed, convert that to an annual amount, right? So let's just say a hundred K a year is what you want to generate in terms of revenue. The next thing I would say is figure out your hourly rate. 
being a service-based entrepreneur, it's really difficult for us to sometimes establish our hourly rate because we compare ourselves to others. We feel like maybe we're not worth that amount, whatever it may be, right? So the easiest way that you can establish your hourly rate is to first identify how many hours a day you want to work. So let's just say I want to work no more than five hours a day. Next, multiply that amount by how many days a week you want to work. So let's just say I want to work five hours a day, four days a week. Okay, so it's 20 hours a week. Lastly, you want to figure out how many weeks a year you want to work. Okay, there's 52 weeks a year. You want to take six weeks off. That's 46 weeks. So in total, let's just say I want to work 920 hours a year. And if I want to generate 100K in revenue, you take the 100K divided by that 920. That means my hourly rate should be no less than $109 per hour. Now you compare that 109 or whatever your hourly rate is to the value of your services, right? Figure out how much time it actually takes you to provide that 24 session package, right? And actually include the time it takes you to do notes and all these other things, right? Figure out your hourly rate that you're earning per hour in that package. And that will help you identify if you're underselling or overselling. And if you're overselling, keep it the same, right? <laughs> you, you don't need to decrease it. Clearly you have the demand. Leave, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, You'll, it's, it's sad, but I would say most of my clients see themselves charging 30% of what they actually want to be worth. Uh -huh. And that's why they constantly find themselves struggling to make more and more money because at one point they're capped out of their time and they don't have the propensity to bring on any more clients, right? If you are already tapped out, increase your prices, regardless of what your hourly rate is and or hire somebody to expand. That's a great indication that it's your opportunity to, to do a little bit more. I've increased my pricing five times since I first started my business. It's not because I'm just pulling numbers out of thin air. It's because I've literally maxed out my book. And that's the perfect opportunity because it's not worth my time unless I charge XYZ amount more. Right. Right. And then you start getting that demand for it as well. So that answers the, the first question, whether you're just starting off your business or you're a business owner, use this as a opportunity to take pulse of where you're at financially in terms of your time as well. In terms of investing, I get asked this question all the time. Should I save for an emergency fund? Should I pay off debt or should I invest first? Which of these three should I prioritize? I take the diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do all three at the same time. It, and it doesn't mean you do all three equally, but you need to, you need to balance those three plates. And here's why. If you're not putting any money towards savings, if you know what hits the fan and you have nothing to fall back on, you're going to put that on credit cards or other debt. Or only fans. Or only it's right. <laughs> so whatever, whatever debt you have already paid off at that point, that progress that you've made goes out the window because you've had nothing to fall back on. Right. So you need to have an emergency fund. You need to have that savings going over there. And that's in that budget tool as well. You need to be working towards paying down your debt, especially the debt that is costing you more than what inflation is right now, especially that debt. 
typically credit cards, Mm -hmm. because it is, if you want to guarantee yourself 25% rate of return, pay off that credit card that's costing you 25% rate of return or interest. You're putting, you're putting that money back in your pocket once it's paid off. And then lastly, if you have all of your money in savings, you are doing yourself a disservice because that money is not doing anything for you. Right. Up until your emergency fund should be in savings. And even that should be in a high yield savings account, earning at least one to 2% rather than 0%, right? But anything in excess of that should be invested working for you. Because if inflation is typically two to 3% and you're earning 0%, you're losing 3% of your purchasing power year over year. And this year alone, inflation is over 8%. Mm-hmm. So if you have that money sitting in your savings account, you have lost 8% of that purchasing power. And that's wow. just going to continue to compound. So it, it is a fine balance between all of them. Um, rules of thumb that I like to give, give others is put down, an, put down an additional $25 a month towards your debt minimum. This is in addition to whatever your minimum payments are. Um, and then out of whatever's left over, I would say, you know, 50-50 invest versus save if you can, depending on what that dollar amount is. But that's a good place to start to see where you're at. Excellent answers. Thank you. <laughs> Dropping bombs left. And yeah, right. that is phenomenal. <laughs> um, I, I really love, and I'd like to reiterate the fact that a lot of y'all don't charge enough. And you mm-hmm. probably have no idea what your actual hourly rate is. So Mills, I'm so glad you broke that down. It's something I did yeah. in my coach at the beginning of this year was we mm-hmm. figured out what is my hourly rate and then we said okay what, what are my you know income goals and what do mm-hmm. I need that hourly rate to be and and I've been guilty of it John was probably guilty of it I'm sure you were at some point like we've all been there of you know you you you're making this money but then when you really break it down per hour you're like and I'm making slave wages over here all right awesome right you know <laughs> and, and so it's such a it's really a revealing exercise because you know, I've seen coaches that charge $80, $100 per session, but they're not utilizing that time wisely. And so, like, mm-hmm. as you said, by the time you factor in, it, you know, maybe they're a, a on-site trainer. So they got to mm-hmm. drive to the client and they're driving oh. home and they're writing plans. Yes. And by the time they're done, they made $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. wondering why they can't get ahead. So, mm-hmm. damn it, charge it y'all are worth. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If, if it makes anybody listening feel better, when I first started Mills Nose Bills, I was charging 6% of what I'm charging now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we first start, we always do that. Like I was, we building, always do. Yeah. I was building funnels for like $600 for people. That's, that's a fraction of that. What and we add charge another now. zero behind that. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. so it's kind of like that kind of gets into the lesson of you got to serve on the level you're on till you get to serve on the level mm-hmm. you belong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so. And I find that we we undervalue ourselves because it comes, the skill set that we are providing or the service we're providing is natural to us. It's easy to mm-hmm. us, right? But I don't sign up to work with a personal trainer because 
it's easy for them. I, or I guess I am, but you know, it's, I'm signing up because I need the accountability. I need somebody to tell me what to do. I need somebody who has that different perspective, right? There are multiple reasons. So just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for everybody else. Yeah. Such a great point. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about you're, you're obviously a driven individual, you know, coach, speaker, author, you know, the, the 75,000 households that you've worked with, where does that side come from? Because not everybody's determined, not everyone's willing to show up and keep doing the damn work. Not everyone wants to grow mm-hmm. constantly. You know, we're, we're surrounded by people who are like that. So it's easy for us to think, well, everybody's doing it, but everyone's not doing it. So for you mm-hmm. professionally, where does that drive come from? Mm-hmm. I have my why that I focus on. Um, and that's, that's what gets me going each day. And for me, that's being able to, I would like to retire my husband. Honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little competitive. Um, but I would like to have a legacy for my kids. I would like to change the face of financial literacy. What a lot of people don't see is that I've been, I've been working on a financial literacy curriculum on the back end for quite some time now. And my goal is to get that into all schools nationwide. That's my why, because I, I want other students to avoid the feeling that I had when I graduated high school. Um, the money part just comes as a result. So for me, when I get up, I'm I'm not always motivated to take action. Instead, I take action and the motivation comes as a result. Some days are better than others, but really I I focus on the impact I'm having. I focus on the impact I would like to have. And then the money comes as a result. Funny how that works. Yeah. What a concept. Right? What a concept. If I, you you mean to tell me if I eat less, (laughs) Then what I burn, I lose weight. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And you know what I what I love about that goal is number one, it's enormous, right? I want my it's curriculum true. in every school across the nation. That is an enormous goal. And I and support I, that as well. We need it. Thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I've I've talked about this a little bit. I think people dumb their goals down way too low. Mm-hmm. And, and they attach them to, to people instead of concepts because mm-hmm. people are, are going to come and go. People are going to disappoint you, but that concept never changes, right? Like I spoke mm-hmm. to a guy a couple months ago who he wants to solve the homeless problem. I love it. Like not the homeless guy down the street. Like he wants to solve the mm-hmm. homeless problem. He goes, I don't know what I can do in my lifetime to do it, but I'm going to do everything I can. And Mm -hmm. so I, I love that goal. So kudos to you for having that type of vision, because, you know, here's the thing, what you're talking about is something that if you go and talk to people like face to face, everybody goes, Oh, that's a really good idea. We should do that. Well, why the hell aren't we doing it? So, you know, obviously there's politics and whatever there, there's all kinds of roadblocks in the way, but, but it's definitely something that, that we know the average person definitely supports. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I really, I look forward to seeing that impact and the type of change that you can make. Cause you know, again, you're about to have a baby. I'm about to have another kid. Like, you know, we don't want our kids to be money dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. 
I already talked to the baby like one plus one is two. Yeah. If you want to use that in your marketing, you can use money dumb. Hey, we're going to make sure your kids ain't money dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sign me up. (laughs) Mills knows bills and you hear a little band coming back. (laughs) So. No, this is this has been awesome. You know, if you're listening to this, I really hope you're taking notes or going back and taking notes because so much of this really is the foundational aspects of financial literacy, but it can really sound foreign because, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's common to you. It may not be common to us. It's no different than me talking about the techniques of a deadlift and somebody going, huh? And I'm like, oh, just pick it up. And they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, you're like, hey, just save a little bit more. Don't spend so much. Eh, how about that? You know? Um, so these, these have been great concepts. John, do you have anything else you want to, you want to ask before we get into fun time? <laughs> uh, honestly, I feel like I would muddy, which what Mills has already shared. So I think it's a good point just to move forward. I think you nailed it already. I don't want to beat a dead Thank horse. You. Yeah. yeah. Too sweet. Great. Seriously. Very, very high value stuff mm-hmm. here. Really appreciate it. Um, so let's have, let's have a little bit of fun before we wrap this thing up. Let's go for it. It is, we are filming this on, what is today? June, June 28th. June 28th. What is your mm-hmm. favorite summertime food? Bratwursts Ooh. with sauerkraut and mustard. I knew I liked you. <laughs> where are you Mills, where are you from? I was born and raised in Miami. Oh, that's, that's even hotter. You wouldn't happen to have some German in you, would you? My husband's very German. Hey, <laughs> that's where it's from. Man, I, I love a good grilled bratwurst. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You have to Dude, boil this- it in beer first and then grill it and then, you know, put it on. I like potato buns personally, just because I feel like they're softer, yep. but. All about the experience. <laughs> I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. If anybody ever wants recipes or just. Yes. 80% of fit pros are foodies. We just don't want to be fat. Yeah. I find ways to make it healthy. No, I know. I just eat it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah. I Mark, mean, Mark, I made caramel the other day and about ate half of it myself. It's fine. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Mark does his fitness uh, challenges and competitions so he can eat brisket. Pretty much. <laughs> and Cadbury eggs. Don't forget about my Cadbury, Cadbury eggs. eggs. Yeah. Cadbury eggs. Okay. Okay. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could be any animal, what would you be? A frog. I got to hear why. Yeah, yeah, why? That was fast. <laughs> that was preloaded. You, so you already had that loaded. You're just ready to shoot that one off, like no hesitation. I'm like, that was a lot of confidence. I got to hear why. <laughs> Most of them are, I would be a green frog specifically because I love green. It's always been my favorite color. It's, it's the color of nature to me. And money. Um, I feel like they're so tiny and they're cute and money. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're like, they, they jump and their, their tongues are really cute. And the eyes, I don't know. I like frogs. <laughs> I used to be that kid that would go to the local canal and connect, co- collect the tadpoles in a water bottle, bring them home and put them in our pond at home. And my mom would get really mad because they'd go into our pool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good old. Yeah. But they can uh, get up high. Frogs can get up high. They can also get down low. You know, you have all the different perspectives. I don't know. I feel like they're quiet and they're tame for the most part. Except for the little ones that are like the most poisonous thing in the world. 
Yeah. I didn't poison I, I dark frogs. Poisonous. Yeah, I'd, dark I'd be frogs. I'd be the, the cute non-poisonous ones. <laughs> there was one day at my gym a couple of years ago, one random morning, and it's never happened again. I had five frogs come into the gym and I would scoop them up and go put them back in the grass. And then another, and I could tell they were different because they were all different sizes. Yeah. But like I'd look up again within a span of two hours, I had five different frogs coming into the gym. They're like, Can we get a lift, bro? I'm like, you didn't pay, buddy. Sorry, you got it, bro. <laughs> You got day fees twenty dollars, yeah. you son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm like, I can do a family rate, but y'all got to put in on this. You know? oh, oh, day pass it is. I see. Here you go. <laughs> all right, last question, Mills. Mm -hmm. If you could have a billboard for all the people of the world to see, what message would you want on that billboard? That's a hard one. Yeah, he does that. Oh. He warms you up with the easy ones, and then he hits you with the yeah. I watch him do it once a week. <laughs> for years <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll use a I'll, I'll actually say a quote that my my best friend used to say all the time it's be faithful thankful and keep smiling like and that. it's the idea that no matter what happens in your life there's always something to be thankful for and you always have something to smile about speaking my language right there. i know mark's gonna start yeah. talking about she marcus was, aurelius for the next half an hour now <laughs> she was a very very wise young woman i uh, love it love i love it. it mills thank you so much for coming on here really really appreciate it again thank we'll you. put all your all your links and stuff in the show notes so please if you're listening to this take advantage this was fantastic information. Thank like, you. If you don't do anything else, just like do the things that she talked about on this episode. And I promise you will progress with your money. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. It's been an honor. I've been yeah. looking forward to it all day. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Mills, thank you for your time and your treasure. And for all of those listening in, I need you to lean in real quick and turn up the volume, the max, and just really get still for a second. I'm going to wait for you to do that. Okay, you there? Good. I need you to know something. Go out there and go get what you're worth, damn it. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> damn, damn good. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found value and entertainment in our content. Listen, we love helping fit pros get paid with their worth, and we have something we would love for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. So go to fitprocollective.com forward slash bootcamp to download our free business bootcamp on taking your training business online. This is no BS sales pitch. This is actual strategies that you can implement right now to move your business forward. Finally, again, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and review. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for listening to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros, where we help fit pros what? Get what they're worth. Yay. Yeah.